The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Athletic actually did a poll asking these types of questions. Who's the best player? Who's the most underrated? Who's the most overrated? Who's the league's MVP? Who's the best player of all time? And it was really interesting to get these questions answered by the league's players because those are the people that are, you know, qualified to say that. But the interesting one that that hit me was uh, most overrated. Yeah. Ray Young. That's yeah. the most individual. There were some others that had about 31% within the other categories. So, uh, but Trey Young got 14% of the vote as most overrated. Now, it's interesting that this headline comes out right now because we know Trey Young's struggling right now, right? Uh, his, actually, he's been struggling his last two playoff appearances. He's just not putting up the numbers that we're seeing in the regular season. But it was fascinating because I'm now thinking, like, what does overrated mean? Welcome, welcome to Women's Wednesday on Brother from Another. Zena Keda here. Kelsey, let the beautiful people know who you are, girl. Zena, it's so good to be back with you. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back on our Women Wednesdays. I am Kelsey Nicole Nelson coming to you all live from Washington, D.C., where I cover all things sports. Awesome. But I'm like out there looking at y'all on the West Coast. Y'all got all the action happening, uh, Zena. So just glad to be here with you. So much to talk about. <laughs> so much to talk about. And you're talking about the West Coast. But let's go back to that East Coast conversation first, right? So last yeah. week, Natalie and I were talking about this very interesting athletic poll that came out calling from the players, from the players saying that Trey Young was overrated. And I asked that question. I was like, what does overrated mean? Because <laughs> while Trey Young had not been putting up his regular season numbers, to call him overrated was a little bit suspect. And yeah. if there's any questioning, Trey Young made sure to shut those comments up last night. He forced <laughs> a game six. I mean, literally an unbelievable performance 38 points, 16 in the fourth quarter, a, a, a game, mm -hmm. a season-saving performance out of Trey Young. And honestly, with all of the accolade and, and, and adulation that Jimmy Butler has received, mm -hmm. uh, that Devin Booker has received, they weren't even, I mean, Jimmy Butler did do this to, you know, help save his right. season, but he's already up. Devin Booker's already up. Trey Young's doing this with his back against the wall, making sure that his Hawks still have a, a chance in this uh, first mm -hmm. round in the Eastern Conference. And I'm just like, I'm amazed. I don't think he's overrated. I think this is what we've known Trey Young to be capable of, to be a scorer, right. to be someone to put a team on his back. What are your thoughts? My gosh, overrated no more. I love the performance right. that Trey Young put on. He put on for the 404, Zena. You have to give him credit yes, for that. Literally <laughs> saved Atlanta. I mean, if I'm Atlanta right now, Trey Young better be getting free wings and everything else that he wants in Atlanta for that <laughs> performance. I mean, 2.1 seconds left. The shot goes over. Jalen Brown, I mean, just you can't make this stuff up. This is the type of thing you wake no. up this morning and said, my gosh, if I miss this game, I mean, you're mad at yourself. Ice Trey right. 
for a reason. And all of a sudden now there's new breath in this Atlanta Hawks team. You know, you get DeJounte Murray back, right? He's coming back that next game. Your second leading scorer coming back. And all of a sudden it's like, hold on, Boston Celtics. I know y'all might be the favorite in the East, but we are not going to make it easy for you. So for me, I love Trey Young getting these accolades. I think we forget, what, 24 years young? The man is a baby still. I know we've been spoiled by him. He's young. He's yes. got five seasons in the NBA, but it's because we've gotten so used and accustomed to his greatness. And let's remember, too, he doesn't have all these superstar, you know, the superstar help around him, right? I mean, literally, other guys have had to step up. He's been struggling. But all in all, I mean, Trey Young, uh, I'm excited. And I know we're going to talk about this, but uh, Janet Jackson fans, for good reason, y'all have to wait. <laughs> for very good <laughs> Exactly. <y'all> wait. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny because I, I had a poll um on my Twitter yesterday asking of all the three teams that could close their series tonight, that was the Suns, that was the Nuggets, and that was the Celtics. And more fans voted that the Suns or the Nuggets wouldn't close over the Celtics. They were the least likely to not close. And that was, they actually ended up being the only team out of the three that now needs to go to a game six uh, with the Suns and the Nuggets closing. And that's the thing that's so that's so impressive about this Hawks performance. They did it on very, very bad territory, right? We know the Boston Celtics right. territory; those are not. It's, it's hard. Just not an easy <laughs> environment to play right. in, exactly. And so, for them to be able to carry a win out of like that and then take it back to the A as Dejounte Murray now will get a play a chance to play again in Game Six. You just talked about not yeah. having stars around him. DeJounte Murray wasn't available for game five. So right. that even adds more to this storyline of game five and the Hawks really rising to the occasion. Uh, and speaking of the occasion, yes, yeah, sorry, Ms. Jackson, you're going to have to move your Woo. concert. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's still crazy. I don't know if I should like look at State Farm Arena and whoever's working the content and programming over there and be like, um, did y'all not believe? Did y'all not believe in your team? That's because, what I'm uh, Zena. Come on. <laughs> Come on, right? There's no excuse for this. Like, are y'all that, you know, sad about this Hawks team that you were like, yes, we're going to bring this Jackson concert fans. Come get your tickets. Like, that to me would hurt me. I said, there, this is yeah, unexcusable. Yeah. There, there, this, this needs to be an apology. Like, I don't know. All the Hawks players deserve to, you know, go to a Janet Jackson <laughs> right. concert for free or something because they have to make this right. I mean, there's no excuse it's for crazy. this. But I'm so glad that the Hawks said, wait a minute, Janet. We know your royalty, but we... We've got some more basketball that we'll be playing. So the fans, again, keep those Janet Jackson tickets because I know you prayed a, penny, prayed a pretty penny for them. Um, but <laughs> Janet has to wait. Janet, we've, we've seen her greatness for so long. She has to wait again. We're seeing this yeah. young, youthful, yeah. vibrant. I do a young guy and Trey Young. Exactly. So I think, again, I think I for good there. reason, Janet fans are waiting. She should, she should be in the front row rooting them on after this mix up. So Hawks, Facts. make it right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, now, okay, now we covered a little bit of the drama on the West. Now there's, yep. the, I keep saying this, the NBA script is drama worthy. I mean, it's Oscar worthy. The amount of uh, lines and villains and all the above. But what's so interesting is when one person in one part of the world or the universe is paying very close attention to another part of the universe that you didn't think was phasing them or living rent free in their minds. <laughs> but it seems that someone in Denver is paying very close attention mm. to people in Arizona. Very interesting. Let's see what Jokic has to say about his upcoming contenders. 
They're the favorites to, to win the championship. Uh, they have an amazing, amazing uh, group of guys, uh, well coached. Uh, they have Chris Paul, who is the probably best, best floor manager or general in the game. Uh, Booker, KD, KD that, uh, that uh, I mean, superstars probably arguably the best players in, in, in NBA right now. Okay. Well said. Oh, right. well <laughs> very said. well I'll said. I will say that I give Jokic props for putting respect on other people's names because right. there is this concept in sport that if you're one of the best, you can't give that love in the same way, especially when you're about to meet up with them. Right? We just saw right. what happened with Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis, right? It's all hate, 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 hate. But now we're seeing them hug each other's moms and exchange text messages. Right. <laughs> that respect, right? We, yeah. So I usually you don't see this before the matchup, but that was really interesting to see Jokic say that before Suns and Nuggets face off. Yeah, and I think, you know, we saw Nikola Jokic do this, especially after just having a great performance, right? We saw a triple-double from him, something that many fans from him obviously wanted to see, being able to close out the series, but you said it. And it goes back to all of us who used to play basketball on the schoolyard schoolyard court. You had to earn that respect, and I think Nikola Jokic is paying tribute so let's be honest, a very good Suns team. And I mean, he talked about it. Devin Booker, who we've all seen just play lights out basketball. The attention that Kevin Durant gets on that yeah. basketball court, opening up more space for DB to just go ahead and do his right. thing. I mean, Devin Booker, just I mean, he's going to be so much so hard to guard. And then Kevin Durant also being able to contribute to that Phoenix Suns team. And we know that starting five for Phoenix is going to be the more difficult part, right? Being a four Phoenix for yeah. Denver to face off against. Yep. Because if anything... You know, we're asking questions about Phoenix's depth and where that will come into play. But, I mean, Kevin, he knows all things going through Phoenix right now. And I think that's even more important because you have Denver, who is number one, paying tribute, obviously, mm. to the lower seat. And Phoenix, I think there's yeah. so many things that you can look at. But I love seeing that from him. And, again, I, how can you not like the guy? I mean, this is what's needed yeah. in basketball. I think all of us are looking forward to this series. I think it's going to be a great one. You know, you'll think about, you know, Jokic going at it with eight and it's going to be a good series. So all of that, I think he should help you to preview and hype up what is going to be, but um, it's going to be, the Suns are going to have their work cut out for them. I mean, as we saw, we saw them struggle yeah. somewhat against the Clippers, right? Against the Clippers team that wasn't at full speed, yeah. but now you get a Denver team hitting it at the right time. We didn't get to hear from Jamal Murray in that clip, but you know, somebody else is mm. playing obviously really well for Denver. So I think Nikola Jokic just, he, he just did all the advertising for all the TV networks. Just play that clip right before the series. Because <laughs> that would get us all to watch. <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly right. And I think that, I, I get, I, I think that Jokic has really shown a level of maturity. Uh, right now, right. I mean, we saw what Jimmy Butler said about who's the MVP. He said Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. You could call that tampering or not. Players can't get fined for tampering. That's fine. But like, yes, talking about Joel Embiid, everyone's been calling for Joel Embiid to be the MVP. And so I think Jokic feels like he definitely has something to prove. Um, This is the Pope season now. So regular season's over with. We'll find out who the MVP is this week. Uh, But for him to say that in in the midst of people still not trying to give him his credit and give him his flowers um, and still pitting him against Embiid, I think that that is really mature and, and, there could be a lot more of that within the league. Now, this series is going to seven. 
We saw the Nuggets last night barely pull out that win against Minnesota. Shout out to mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards. He got called out for having seven points the very first during a the play-ins, right? Uh, right? And then showing up and showing out during the series. Turned it around. All the teams that were down, turned it around. All the teams that were down 1-3, shout out to their love, shout out to their fight. This game, this series is going to seven. And I think it's because you're going to see Denver be the powerhouse they are with the depth that they have. But you're also going to see the spiritual, as Kevin Durant called it last night, the spiritual (laughs) performances. He did go holy. He did go holy. (laughs) He did go holy. We're going to see the spiritual performances of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant uh, and Chris Paul being displayed. Like there's a a lot of maturity and and depth from an experience perspective on the sun side. So I'm so pumped for second round. I can't believe we're still in the first round. It's wild. Uh, but speaking I know. of maturity. So much good basketball, Zena. And really quickly, before you go to maturity, I just oh, want to yeah. say I love yeah. Kevin Durant, too, giving praise to Devin Booker. Because obviously, Kevin Durant is used to being yes. the guy, right? He's used to being the guy. But anytime yep. you talk about maturity, anytime you're able to say, you know what, I'm accepting my role. And I'm glad to see my teammates shine. And we're seeing that in Devin Booker. I just thought that was so special. Props to KD mm. for doing that. And again, I think we're going to see so much good basketball because the chemistry is there. And they're trusting each other. There. They're praising right. each other. I thought that was one of the most fun press conferences to watch between those two yeah. guys. I got to give KD props for, again, accepting that role, knowing who he is, but then saying, you know what? I'm going to let my guy go off book, go off book and keep doing your thing. I love that. And that's that's <laughs> actually goes right into what I'm about to say. It's like making sure that you know your role, taking awesome. accountability for how you show up on the court. Um, how can you help your teammates? All of the above. And there is a particular team in the West (laughs) that's been struggling a little bit. It's been struggling a little bit with that. (laughs) Um, And that is our lovely Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Uh, um, I I would say, I'm going to say this, like I'm looking at the way everyone's going in on Dylan Brooks. I'm looking at the way that he has somehow construed in his mind that the media did what has, you know, created this, this narrative about him that he didn't. Um, I'm, there's a part of me that's kind of like, are you okay? Like, are you good? Because it's not, it doesn't feel good to have the entire media, the entire league, you know, harping down on you. Although you brought this on yourself, it still doesn't feel you did. good. All right. So the em- the mm-hmm. empathetic bone in me is just kind of like, are you good? Um, and then you hear Taylor Jenkins, coach of the Grizzlies, call out the maturity level of his team. They said, I'm going to poke the bear. I'm not, you know, I'm not giving anybody respect till they score 40 on me. And then they say, I'm out, right? When they're asked to answer for the fact that they did not win their game. They they let, maybe not for 40, but they let LeBron have a 22 and 20 stat line. Um, They let uh, Austin Reeves have 23 points on them. Like, I mean, and then you're not going to talk to the press about all the things that you said. Uh, My thoughts are, are you guys okay? Like, is everything all right yeah. in that locker room? Because I think there's a lot more to be said than just, oh, there's not maturity. I think this is a little bit of young young kids not having the maturity of a Danny Green, who's now gone. Right. A Steven Adams, who's sitting out, right? They don't have those veterans to kind of like get them to say, hey, chill. <laughs> chill on right. that. Let's just play. Right. Um, let's make sure that, you know, as Trotter said, you have something to back up the things that you're saying. He deleted his Instagram. Which is, come on. Like, that's like, come like, on. I don't know. I, part of me is like, are <sighs> you okay? Like, 
Okay. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to check on y'all in Memphis. No, I think, you know, you give such great points. And look, I'm a girl from, I have Southern roots. So, you know, when I go to Memphis, I like my blues and I like my barbecue. But one thing I'm not liking is this Memphis Grizzlies team. And I think the maturity level is right. Let's remember basketball is both a physical and mental sport. And I think right now the Grizzlies, a lot of what's happening, like you said, they brought it unto themselves. Dylan Brooks, no one told you to go out and be this. And, you know, put, put a put a target on your back oh. against a king, mind you, a king that's 38. And you allowed him to make history <laughs> at 38, you know, by calling him out. And again, I mean, I think right. if and that's my thing. Don't don't cry wolf. And then especially if you're going to have mm. these actions, you got to be able to step up and explain yourself to the media. Right. That's why we do the presser right. after the game. But if you're just going to be like deuce to game three and deuce to game four to talk into the media and then John Moran, you don't want to talk to the media either. Well, guess what people do when you don't talk directly to them? They create narratives. That's how gossip yeah. starts, folks. I'm sorry, <laughs> because then we have to assume we have to assume. Right. What, what happened? Yep. And that's what happened. Right. So essentially, you're feeding and fueling into the fire. So stop getting mad at the media. The best way to quiet the media is to come out and play good basketball. That's what it comes down yeah. to. Come out and play good basketball. On both sides of the floor, at least give me one, CB. At least give me one. Yeah. So all that to say, and I love this tweet, you know, yeah, you can't be him. And then all of a sudden go into like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Why are you guys doing this to me? We're not doing anything to you. Everything that's been out there right. has been created right. and started by you. And we're just following the story. So miss me with all of this, Dylan Brooks. I'm sorry, but I like you as a player. It's hard to get to this yeah. level of basketball. But the Memphis Grizzlies, especially after last year, Zena, when they gave us so much great playoff basketball, this is just disappointing. Yeah. And I'm glad the head coach called it out. It starts up top. And I think he's demanding more from this Grizzlies team. I mean, Josh said, we're fine in the West, right? Like, he told Malika that. He said, oh, yeah, you know, I think we're fine in the West. Confident. Mm. And it's just been, and they already at All-Star, at NBA All-Star, they called this out. And yeah. he had to laugh at himself at the fact that he said what he said. And, but you're right. You have to back that up. Uh, on the <sighs> Coach Jenkins calling it out, is that a locker room thing? Some players think that. Kyrie mentioned that. He tweeted that. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe that's not something that you would say about your team while you're still in the midst of playoffs. Maybe that's a post uh, playoff situation. But I, I think there is a lot of growing up to do. Um, we'll see what happens. Big games this week. But when we come back, we're going to keep yes, talking about that. There's just too much to talk about. Too much to talk it's about. It's a lot Stay going tuned, on, Zena. It's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Have they told you if this is mallet finger, jersey finger, like what? I don't know. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Have they talked about surgery, whether that's ruled in or. Uh, I mean, like, I have to play with protection on it. Um, like, if I don't play with the protection and it does get hit, then I'll probably have to get like a screw in it. So, uh, I mean, what I'm wearing, like, I think the big thing for me was could I feel the pad of my finger? Like, you know, if you. You're playing basketball, you're throwing a ball, like you want to be able to feel the ball on your finger. So that was a big thing for me. And I mean, it's protecting what it needs to protect. So uh, it's been fine. All right. So Warriors Kings game four made history as being the most watched first round playoff game since 02. 02. Okay, that's that's a big deal. At one point, they had 10.2 million watchers at one point i think it was like 6 p.m uh uh eastern time wow. um or excuse me western time i i cannot believe um how much hype of playoff round one series has gotten but this 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 series is very special and to talk about it i'm introducing a nice friend of ours uh dave defour we are actually <laughs> co-workers at The Athletic, That's host right. for The Athletic. You've probably heard his voice before, uh, talking NBA. And I know that this series has been a very fun one for you to talk about and cover. Uh, well, the Warriors are basketball nirvana to me. You know, the way Steph Curry <laughs> plays. I mean, it really is. That's beautiful okay. basketball. It's the <laughs> yes. modern version of that Spurs system uh, and, and a little bit of triangle stuff thrown in. So as a basketball coach, you know, that's uh, that's kind of my thing. And then the Kings play yep. an up-tempo version of that, and they're young and up-and-coming. And so you've got that whole narrative where the, the Warriors, who were at one point the upstart young team, are now the old dogs yep. trying to hang on, you know, defending a title. Right. So it has the right. on-court stuff. It has Steph Curry, which that's ratings in and of itself. And it has this fun right. Kings team. So it's got everything <laughs> for me. It's it's really cool to see. Yes, I feel like this, like the Warriors are looking in the mirror and playing their younger selves, and that's a really cool thing. And then you think about Mike Brown being the mastermind behind it is even another added yeah. layer. Um, I yeah. think that this box injury, though, there's been a lot of things going throughout this series. You know, whether it's the Draymond suspensions um, and just Gary Payton getting hurt, like all these different things getting involved. Now De'Aaron Fox is hurt, and we know that he has been scoring out of this world for the, the Kings and being a pivotal point for why the Kings are in this series um, and were able to take the first two games. It would suck if this series came down to, is he able to play on this finger? 
Yeah, he has been the most dangerous player in this series once the fourth quarter hits. And Mm -hmm. the reason that they were up 2-0 is because De'Aaron Fox just owns the fourth quarter. He did it all year. Uh, He's a star. He is proving to me that he's a 16-game player. You know, shout out to Draymond for that one. But he's shown up (laughs) in this series in a big-time way. And, you know, the finger injury, it's probably going to bother him. It's on his shooting hand. It's that index finger. Very important for shooting. But with that being said, he's such a gamer. I never had any doubt that he was going to play. And I bet we don't Mm. notice unless he aggravates it. So maybe he catches it on a jersey. It gets hit, you know, on a foul. And, you know, you know, look. Let's be realists here. Basketball players, if they know a guy's hurt, they're going to go after it a little bit. I'm not going to say anyone's going to do anything right. dirty, but, you know, the ball right. in the hand it might not be a foul. So I, I just I worry about him aggravating it. But with that being said, I expect him to have a big game. Uh, I think he's going to be able to keep it close going back to Sacramento. Warriors have all the momentum, so they need De'Aaron Fox to come out, I think, early. He needs to arrive, not fourth quarter. He needs first quarter, fourth quarter De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, no, I think he said such great points. And I think that's kind of why I'm not seeing as much worry on social media. I mean, and De'Aaron Fox said it in the end. Like, I'm still going to give it my all. I'm still going to play tough. You guys talked about it. He's been Mr. Clutch, and that's what you need in playoff basketball. But all that to say, you know, for the Sacramento Kings, if he isn't able to be his full self that we've been able to see, you know, you talk about guys mm. needing to step up. And somebody I think that's been mentioned, DeMontis Sabonis. And I would love your thoughts on him and, you know, how he can make hopefully more of an impact in this series if the Kings are able to come out, which Malik Monk has said he sees them coming out of this first round against the Warriors. I'd love your thoughts on that. Well, not to sound repetitive, but – 16 game players versus 82 game players. And Demonis Sabonis might just be an 82 game player. I mean, he put up incredible Mm. numbers during the regular season, but he can eat innings and and he can be tough Mm. in the regular season. But we see once you get to the playoffs, it's basically a different sport and he can be mitigated. You know, the Warriors in the first two games, they didn't do a good enough job of forcing Sabonis outside the three point line on those. They weren't picking up early enough to force them farther away from the basket on those actions. But he's pretty much just been mitigated by Looney and, and Draymond Green. They're not worried about his scoring. He's not going to shoot. They don't guard him, basically. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're sending two people to the man coming off the dribble handoff instead of worrying about Sabonis. And so if you don't have to worry about a player involved in an action, that that's a double team. So he's been ineffective. Yeah. And, and I, I mentioned this after game one. I thought this could be a big Alex Lynn series because he's got like a six-inch height advantage over every single warrior. So when you look (laughs) at the 11 or so minutes he's playing a game, I mean, the guy has been positive. He has won all of his Mm -hmm. minutes. And so I'm not saying you shake up the starting lineup or anything like that, but I think that maybe if Sabonis doesn't have it going and he's ineffective, Go to Alex Lynn earlier if you're the Kings because, right. you you know, it's going to get late really early. If they go back right. to Chase Center down 3-2 after being up 2-0, it's mm-hmm. a wrap. They're not mm-hmm. coming back from that. They're not even going to see game yeah. seven. Yeah, that's why I'm so excited for tonight because there is so much pressure on the Kings to make sure they win at home. But the Warriors have such, as you mentioned before, Dave, all of the momentum. Um, and we're seeing yeah. – kind of like the makings of an explosive game. We still haven't had a game six, Clay, because it's not game six yet, but we haven't had that Clay game, <laughs> right, that you know right. he's capable of doing. And because he's been playing so well defensively, I just feel like it's brewing. It's it's, it's there. Um, and I know that The Athletic has talked about that as well. I, I want to 
touch on some of these kind of storylines around um, what's going to happen in the next round with either one of these two teams and, and why the pressure is on them to close now because I think it was Charles Barkley that talked about you want to win one game at a time. So if you go back, if you're, you just mentioned this point, Dave, if you come back and Sacramento, you're like, we got to close at home. But for the Warriors, it's we just have to win one game. One That's game. It. And uh, you think about, you know, Lakers and Grizzlies still going technically. You think about people needing rest and things of that sort. Who do you think there's more pressure on to get to the next round more quickly, I guess, for the Kings or the Warriors? I mean, it's got to be the Warriors because who knows how long they can mm, keep yeah. doing this. You know, the Draymond could opt out this summer <laughs> and true. the whole thing is over potentially. Um, yeah. You know, Steph Curry's 35 years old. And, and for the Kings, right. their season was a success. The The moment that they won 30 games, it was a success. Mm. So uh, everything <laughs> yeah, since true. then has true. just been found money. And, and it's a great story and it's something to build on. But we're seeing this is the early early years of the Sacramento Kings. I think that they're on the way up. Mm. I mean, Mike Brown is a championship level coach, I believe. I mean, he's gotten to the finals as a head coach. Yeah. He obviously won rings as assistant coach. He's a, a great vibes coach. It's so obvious he's set the culture there that's going to lead them into a brighter future. But the pressure is all on the Golden State Warriors. They're the defending champions. They underperformed all season long. And everyone has been saying last year's a fluke. Every year they get some injury mm. luck, right? They, everyone's got a story, a way it's to true. knock the titles, and they have to live up to it. But but the big thing is the dynasty is running out of time. These guys are getting older. And again, the Draymond contract situation, you know, this suspension in the playoffs just shone a bright light right on that, yeah. that whole dynamic. And, and you have to wonder, you know, how much longer can everyone deal with this? And also how much mm. longer can they afford it? Because the new CBA is going to factor into all this. So yeah, the pressure's all on the Warriors, but they've been here before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I assumed you're were, you were, you were possibly going to talk about the injury, maybe being like, we, we want to get closer to the end so that De'Aaron has time to rest that finger. But let's talk about injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, because they've been everywhere. Um, they have permeated throughout the league and made an impact um, on potentially the outcome of series, uh, where where teams are right now in their in their uh, their matchups. I think probably the first one, PG, Paul George, even before yeah. playoffs started, not being able to uh, play, and now obviously Kawhi Leonard, his teammate, also sitting, and now that series is over. Um, I'm curious, Kelsey, what do you think is the most impactful injury so far of this playoffs? Mm, well, first off, let me just say, it's been heartbreaking to see this. And, and this is yeah. why health is so important in the NBA and why depth is so important. Also knowing that next man up and who can fill in um, in any one right. of them. You know, I'm in the DMV, so I'll tell you, our hearts were broken when we saw Victor Oladipo go down. You know, he's one of mm. ours. We know how hard he's worked his way back. And honestly, I think that's why right. I'm not saying that he was the most impactful player on the Miami Heat, but just knowing that Jimmy Butler probably took all of that personally. And I think they have probably just a new sense. You know, I think that's why we're seeing the Miami Heat just be so good and especially Jimmy Butler be so good mm. because he's known how much he's had to step up. Tyler Hero. I mean, just think about what Miami has been through and Bam Adebayo, right? Not having all of his best games. And so I think when you look at this Miami team, that's why it's, it's even more impressive seeing what they're doing. And yes, I know you could say, you know, well, the Bucks didn't have Giannis the full series because of the injury, but still no one gave Miami any hope. Am I right? I mean, people really thought the yeah. Bucks would just breeze through.
many people have the Bucks going to the finals, right? At one point, they were the top team in the East. Now, I know Sportsbook has since put the Celtics on top, but Miami, I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks are still right there. But all in all, I mean, my heart just breaks for the Miami Heat just because of, I mean, they've had to go through this now multiple times with multiple players. But luckily for them, they've seen guys step up. And honestly, I think now they've been one of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA this playoff series. And again, how lucky are they, though, that Jimmy Butler turns into playoff Jimmy and he's just continued to deliver um, bucket after bucket after bucket. So, again, I, that one was personal uh, for me. He said he's just playing basketball. That's true. He that, he's just I'm going to give him his credit. I'm going to give him his credit. Nah, we don't move like that, Jimmy. You want another level. Hey, Everybody else is back- here and you're here. <laughs> Back to the 16-game player thing. That's Jimmy Butler, right? I mean, Mm, this is a guy, he's been to a finals. I mean, we know how he shows up. A single elimination game, you're giving me any player in the league, and there's a chance I might take Jimmy Butler. He's shown up time (laughs) and time and time again. I mean, this game, one of the greatest playoff performances ever. You know, you mentioned their downtown Tyler Hero. We can argue the utility of Victor Oladipo for this team. I I think that uh, Mm -hmm. Tyler Hero, much bigger loss, obviously, because he was the Mm -hmm. only other guy that could stir the drink for them on offense. And now it's all Jimmy Butler who spends eight months of the regular season playing around, making us all think that he forgot how to shoot. He shows up with the, you know, the ridiculous hairdo just to troll us once playoff time comes around and he's going to just own the world. And we all have to show that photo. Yeah, this guy. I mean, he played the long game on this thing, right? He is insane. But back to the injuries, because I actually think the injuries have already potentially affected the championship outcome of this year's Mm -hmm. playoffs. I mean, this Giannis injury is major. The 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 Bucks Mm -hmm. look old and they look slow and unathletic when Giannis isn't out there, and he wasn't 100 percent in that game. He looked a little gimpy and tight toward the end. Chris Middleton has been Mm -hmm. bad. I mean, real bad defensively. Jimmy Butler ate them alive. Mike Budenholzer made no adjustments. Drew Holiday taking bad shot after bad shot. And so this is one of those things where the Bucs have gotten stuck playing one way and they can't break out of it because they don't have the guys to do it. You mentioned depth before. They just don't actually have playoff depth. And neither does Miami. Miami's doing this sheer on sheer will of Jimmy Butler, and that is it. I'm giving no one else any credit. Kyle Lowry has been okay. Bam Adebayo's been bad. Caleb Martin's hitting shots. I'm telling you, Jimmy Butler, that dude is, I mean, he's got some Michael Jordan sort of uh, soul in him somehow. I I don't know what's going on with this guy, but, you know, I complained about the Miami Heat making the playoffs because, I, frankly, just kind of hate watch them. They, they play this yeah. really physical style. They muck it up. They can't shoot. <laughs> and Jimmy Butler mm. has been a revelation. I have enjoyed every minute of Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. So I'm shutting my mouth about the Miami Heat. No more <laughs> hating on him for me. But the, the playoff picture is completely different. The finals has already been affected. You know, the Suns, they got out of this series. And I'm telling you right now, if Kawhi yeah. Leonard had stayed healthy, it at least goes seven and they might lose because they don't have depth either. And so they get to their next round matchup with the nuggets. The nuggets have been doing this all year long. All their guys are playing really well. And you know, the, the Timberwolves put up a hell of a fight, but the nuggets are such a better team. I think the nuggets Mm -hmm. and Suns. you said it was going to go seven in in the previous segment, Zena. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I think the nuggets might be able to do this in six they just they they can really? just pound okay. them relentlessly. I'm not sure who's going to guard Jokic. That series is really interesting to me. 
I, the reason why I think it's going to go seven is because I think it's going to be a sludge. Because Denver mm. just hasn't been that consistent for me. They've had high games. They've had games. I mean, to me, last night was all I needed to see that Phoenix, even down the amount of players that they need, a.k.a. some depth, people that can come in beyond Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and put the ball in the bucket and, and scoring Craig. <laughs> like, I feel like there's going to be some sludge games. And that's going to be the thing that's going to extend this series to a much longer one than we probably want. But it'll be fun yeah. because <laughs> I would love to see Jokic. Oh, I want seven. I want seven. I mean, want Jokic versus Kevin Durant. Seven. Game seven <laughs> down the line. Yeah. Sludge games. That's what it is. Um, but yeah. no, this, this, this is why the NBA is Oscar worthy. Because you can't predict these, these injuries. You can't predict can't. how people are going to from these injuries, how people are going to adjust from these injuries. And so it has truly been whatever you thought was going to happen, throw it out. Throw it out, rewrite exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, talking about rewriting well, really quickly, okay. just how special will it be really, like how special will it be if Denver is actually to move on past the series? Because what happens every oh. time we see Denver in the playoffs, folks are like, oh, okay, they're good in the regular season, but we just don't believe in them in the postseason. But I think Denver has a chance to actually change that narrative around them and potentially, again, potentially, don't get on me, folks, potentially go the distance. I'm just saying, because if they can keep playing, <laughs> Like they're playing, and the Suns team, many of us had them going to the championship, but again, they look a, they look a bit different. They just do. I mean, I was hitting my staples, you know, my panic button on my desk multiple times watching the Suns in this series just because it shouldn't have been this hard. It should not have been this hard. So I'm just saying, Denver folks, this might just be this might just be the year that y'all get to say y'all kept you know doubting us before, but there could be something right. special in the water. And how special would that be for Nikola Jokic? Right, That'd I agree. A, a legacy win for him <laughs> it would be, be huge it would be dave I, I i'm so sad we're out of time to talk about all these things but i'm so grateful that you were on the show we appreciate yeah. your insight thank you so much for joining us you got to come back thank you yeah thanks for having me we'd love to see you guys bye the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Thank you to Christopher and Woody for bringing me here. Um, Obviously, Coach Sala, Joe Douglas, my agent, they've done... Um, This is a surreal day for me. After spending 18 years in the same city, it's been a lot of uh, introductions today and meeting a lot of people, but there's a lot of excitement. 
Um, I'm here because I believe this. I believe in this team. I believe in Coach Sala. I believe in the direction uh, of Joe Douglas. Obviously, he's drafted really well the last couple of years, having the uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Um, but big thanks to the Jets organization. Obviously, a big thanks to the Green Bay Pack organization for an incredible run. Uh, that chapter is over now, and I'm excited about the new adventure here in New York. And Ooh, I'm excited Aaron that that is Roger. all over. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, I that was the perfect sound idea until I wrap that. <laughs> I'm just like, it's, it's, I'm just so long. over this whole thing. So I'm, I believe in you too, Aaron. Thank you to the Green Bay. Thank you to New York. Thank you, everyone. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> it's the go ahead and take a bow. I mean, First off, welcome Sheena Quick from Fox Sports Radio, my <laughs> colleague, my girl. Sheena, so great to have you. We wanted to have you on this segment as someone who covers the game of football. Aaron Rodgers has been dragging us. He's been dragging us through this whole thing. Will he finally become a Jet? <laughs> Literally dragging us off of all of our screens because that's what happened, I think, to most of us when we finally found out that it was official. I think all of our faces were just like, <gasps> we didn't know. So it finally happened. <laughs> Listen, he has gotten away. Oh, he's go gotten ahead, away with yeah, being the most please. toxic player in the league. And no <laughs> one says anything about it. I feel like that just goes under the radar, but he is arguably one of the most toxic players in the league. Easily. Mm-hmm. Literally. Easily. Literally. I mean, he goes into the black hole, you know, then we don't know what's gonna happen in the you know, after the black hole. He doesn't know if he's gonna retire and he thinks he might retire. And, you know, we have to, you know, watch the Pat McAfee show to figure out what's happening in his head. But finally, <laughs> New York has a quarterback, <laughs> a thirty-nine-year-old quarterback at that, you know, take take what you want of that, but New Yorkers, Sheena, feel like they're believing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, first off, I thought it was such a different demeanor in this press conference. I mean, he seemed like a happy guy. Like, I mean, he was. We haven't seen that in a couple seasons. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, geez, most people get mad in New York, you know, because they're like East Coast rudeness or the traffic. But Aaron's a happy guy. He talks about, you know, he loves the game and can't wait to explore New Jersey. But all in all, Sheena, what were your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers press conference now that he's officially a New Yorker as a Jet? I was about to mute his name because I had muted Matt Rule for a while. Um, I just got sick of him. Like, goodness, like he keeps. Yeah. It seems like every off season, Aaron Rodgers has us just wondering what's next, what's next, what's next. Like he has us in a chokehold. <laughs> Most of the off season news is always about Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to be traded? Is he demanding a trade? Or is Green Bay going to let him be traded? Is he retiring this year? And I don't think that you know, that those off-season shenanigans are over, so to speak. I think that this next off-season, he's going to be mulling retirement, so he's going to be right back in our news cycle. (laughs) And are we ready for that? Because, I mean, you know, I'm tired. Like, I've I've talked about his feet enough. I've talked about this black hole enough. (laughs) And now we're talking about if he can finally get, you know, let's just go there really quick. I mean, everyone's excited about Aaron Rodgers. Why? Because they feel like, he can lead them to the promised land in New York. And do you think he mm, has, I mean, is that, mm. is that right to think is that, and Zena too, I mean, is that right to think, Sheena, that Aaron Rodgers is finally going to be the guy that gets the New York Jets out of their misery, gets them back into the playoffs, gets them more than seven wins in a season. I mean, is he going to be easily the band-aid to fix all their problems? I don't think he's necessarily the band-aid all by himself. I definitely think he, he brings them more than seven wins, but I don't think you can pencil them in as Super Bowl contenders just yet. They do have a really, really nice, yeah. young, promising roster 
on the offense and defensive side of the ball. So I think that he'll definitely bring um, some preciseness and some stability at that quarterback position. But I don't think you should pencil those Jets in just yet. They may make the postseason, but to go to a Super Bowl <laughs> contender, I, I don't, mm. I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid Hold just up. yet. And I love Aaron. <laughs> I do. I love no, Aaron. I he's an incredible player, but he's not the one Band-Aid that's going to make the Jets Super Bowl contenders. I just, I don't see it. Not right. Not this season. That, not this season. Sure. I'm with you, Sheena. And I also think that there's what you mentioned before about him being a toxic player. I think there's a lesson to be learned last year with what happened in Denver. Right. When you think about what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. <If> you look <laughs> at what happened, if that was a Band-Aid. It wasn't just putting a good player uh, at, to become your franchise quarterback. It also had to do with how does your locker room mesh with that franchise player how do the people that he's going to be throwing to mesh with that franchise player so there's a lot of elements about this conversation around is he going to be making you know taking the Jets to the Super Bowl that we haven't even found out what's the locker room yet like what's the culture like around him Um, and with all of the toxicity I'll say this is my last thing about this Green Bay fans I feel you I feel like this is like when you date someone for a very long time (laughs) and you think you're going to get a ring and like you're like, oh yeah, they're definitely gonna propose. And he's then the they kind of ghost you. Right, he's the one, right? He's, then they kind of ghost you, and you're finding out through like their cousins or like best friends that he might be dating someone else. But actually, no, he just went on vacation by himself. And you're just kind of like, what is happening? I thought we were we were a thing. And then all of a sudden, he shows up with a new person, and you're just kind of like, oh. It, well, in that Six. situation, I think the Green Bay is kind of just like man, he was talented. He was an MVP. And, you know, he mm. did great things here, but it's just time to move on as an it's organization. Not. Now, I do wonder what yeah. the dynamic will be with AR and the coaching staff in New York. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he does not mentor. Yeah. He is a very direct man. So it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how that plays out. And that's going to be paramount to the success that they're mm. able to have this upcoming season. For sure. Ooh, well, we... We'll see how things pan out. Aaron Rodgers, number eight in New York. We'll see um, if he can lead them to the promised land that New Yorkers are hoping for. And talking about the promised land, Sheena, we are about to welcome in a whole new class of draftees, the NFL draft. And shame on Aaron Rodgers for filling all the spotlight from the NFL draft. It's like we can never just focus on it. But, you know, really quickly, I want to go to your (laughs) next. That would be too much like Never. right. That would be too much like right. He won't let us have this. He won't let us have that. So now I want to go over, though, to the Carolina Panthers. We're all excited to see who they will be picking at number one. They said, hey, we've got it done. Y'all just look out for 8 p.m. tomorrow night. But really quick, let's go to a soundbite from Coach Frank. And then, Sheila, we're going to toss to you to tell us what's happening in Carolina land. Scott said that, you know, he hadn't asked you who you prefer as that number one pick. Didn't want to. Um, has he asked you yet? And have you guys talked about that? And have you come to a consensus yet? He did. He actually said, came in my office uh, yesterday at some point and, and asked the question. You know, it's kind of like a proposal of sorts, you know. Um, but, and I said yes. <laughs> no, there is consensus, and we're excited. Who is it? <laughs> we'll announce that Thursday at about 8 o'clock. <laughs> all right so since everybody's on like marriage and proposals we all just want to get married to somebody and you're hoping that that first pick will be someone that you're in a long non-toxic 
relationship with, but Sheena, you know, they said they know the guy and we're hearing that it might be league wide expectations are that it's Bryce Young, but can you give us any insight into who you see Carolina bringing home with that number one pick? I think it's going to be Bryce Young, and I am probably in the majority of people that would be completely shocked if his name is not called first tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. Um, he's just a winner. The guy's a winner. And, you know, they the questions about his size and durability, none of that stuff came up mm-hmm. until after the college season. We weren't hearing that last season when he was mocked at one. He's been mocked mm-hmm. at one for the last two seasons almost. So if all these concerns all of a sudden about his size as though he shrunk, like he's not going to get any smaller in the <laughs> NFL, guys. He's not. I promise you. Right. But, um, he won at every level. And he, he won. I know being in Alabama with Nick Saban and just all that tradition, um, it's easy to look at last year and say, oh, dang, it's, it's Super Bowl, not Super Bowl, I'm sorry, it's national championship or bust for them. But he did a lot with a little when it comes to Alabama standards. He didn't have any, you know, mm. superstar weapons or anything like that. But never once did he waver, never once did he back down. He has not missed a ton of games due to durability. And, um, you know, people are saying, oh, but the NFL, you know, the, the D-line yeah. is bigger and the offensive line is bigger. Can he see over the line? He played in the F- in the SEC, and for years, decades, the debate has <laughs> mm. always been that the SEC is the closest thing to right. NFL football. So don't change that trajectory now. Don't move that goalpost because you're not a fan of Bryce Young's size. He's an absolute dog. I didn't think that they could go right. wrong with C.J. Stroud either. They're both really, really good prospects. Um, but you just Bryce Young, he's he's different. He's different, and uh, we could talk about that S2. I don't even know if we're going to get into the S2, but he's, he's a winner, and I think that if you are trying to win right now, like the Carolina Panthers are, at a time when the when the NFC South is wide open, you have a very young, not very young, but a young yet experienced roster on both sides of the ball. You throw in some vets in there with Adam Thielen. You throw Miles Sanders in there. The offensive line is finally cohesive for the first time in a very long time at Carolina. The mm. time to win is yeah. right now. You get this pick right, Carolina. You develop this quarterback right, Carolina. You could win the NFC South for at least the next three to four years, especially with that coaching staff that they put together this offseason. And what's really cool about that too is that this is yeah. the, this could potentially be the very first 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 draft pick black quarterback since Michael Vick. Twenty two well, years. No, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Oh, Cam, Cam Newton, Newton went was first number, in twenty eleven. Yeah, he was number one. He was number one. Yeah, that okay, was the last cool, time cool. Carolina okay, had the okay, number one dog. pick. Yeah, that but was the last time Carolina had the number one pick. But we can have multiple black quarterbacks. We can have multiple black quarterbacks right thinking. in the first round. Yes. Yeah, which would be yes. huge. Three in the first and round. think about the narrative wow. of the black quarterback. Yeah, that's she not comment yeah, on that. I mean, that this is historical. This is potential, and no one pounds the table harder for quarter blacks. Is what I call them. I call them quarter blacks. Then me. It's so difficult. Yeah, because they. The quarterback position is one that's traditionally known as more of a cerebral position and systemic racism has, you know, put it mm. into people's heads, GM's heads, right. head coaches' heads that black athletes are just athletic and not able to intellectualize enough to lead a team like the quarterback does. And, you know, even with his his troubles, Deshaun Watson has shown us that that is not true. Cam Newton has shown us that that is mm. not true. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. We have a slew of quarterbacks that are not only just dual threat quarterbacks, but they are able to see the game. They're able to um, sustain excellence. They're able to stay healthy for the most part. And I think that this is a turning of the tide. And with more black mm-hmm. quarterbacks, we'll start to see more black OCs. 
more black head right, coaches. Right. And that's the idea right. because that's why we have such a discrepancy when it comes to front offices and head coaching positions is because in the NFL, like it or not, it's quarterback, quarterback, coach, OC, head coach. It's hard to mm. get a head coaching job these days as a defensive quarterback. I mean, I'm sorry, as a defensive coach. Look at Steve Wilkes in Carolina. Right. I mean, per- perfect yeah. example of that. So as that tide shifts, I hope that we continue to see a change at every single level, see more yeah. representation yeah. in the head coaching ranks. And it's, it starts at the quarterback position, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. The smartest, that. The smartest position in the room, right? Well, thank you, Sheena, yeah. for all of this. We are ready and excited you, for Sheena. our quarter blacks. But all oh, yes. of Haven't seen it since 1999. But listen, I'm going to tell <laughs> I'm you so now. Excited. I hope to never cover another team that's picking it with one again. <laughs> it is stressful. Only The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, for our last topic on Women's Wednesday, we wanted to talk about the Udoka hire. Now, I'm not here to talk about if he should be hired or have not should have been hired. And I, that's not the discussion here. I think that there is just some players in the aftermath of all of that that I want to be mindful of. And I also want to ask the question, and Kelsey, I'm, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this. Um, like, are we ever going to actually know what actually happened um, and hmm. what the Rockets, you know, evaluated to eventually make their decision that, yes, we're going to bring in Udoka. We're going to push Steven Silas to the right. side. And that's our new our new head coach. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think I, don't the, know if we'll ever I feel like the Rockets, you know, are just on a time they're on a quick timeline. Why? Because they need to quickly turn that franchise and team around. And many will say, you know, mm-hmm. Steven Silas should have got a longer tenure to do that. It's not an easy job. Many people had thought he yeah. might potentially be a candidate in Toronto, right? I think that's where some people thought mm-hmm. he might potentially be going. But all that to say, basketball is about winning. Houston needs a lot more winning. And I think they brought in somebody that they think that can win. And, you know, Houston is a city that's not immune to controversy, i.e. this is a Houston <laughs> team, you know, where we were just talking about Deshaun Watson. So, <laughs> I feel, and I say that right. to say, you know, it's not to laugh at Houston, but it's just to say Houston, obviously, they do what it takes to win. And I think that's what they think in yeah. May. And just to say, I mean, his former players are happy for him. Marcus Smart has shown love. Derek White um, has shown love. So, you know, I think all in all, people, I think, do want to see him win. Yeah. But they're just saying, he may just just be good, follow procedures and policies, and be the <laughs> coach that we know you can be. You know, what are your thoughts? Right. I mean, what, what Joe Missoula said, like, you know, he is a product of a second chance. I'm a believer in second chances. That's why I'm not right. here to debate should he have gotten hired or not. I know what it feels like, personally, to see someone that may have wronged you um, win. 
right? Publicly mm-hmm. on a public stand. And so with that, my heart goes out to Nia Long. I know that this being yeah. put back into the atmosphere of news um, is probably not great to, to hear and see. Um, but that being said, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. They have a lot of young talent that they need to coach up to a, a winning standard. And cultivate. so if there's anyone who can do that and cultivate, yeah, it's definitely Ime Udoka. Um, I'm, we'll see what happens. I'm very, very intrigued yeah. for what is going to come next year. More parody, yeah. more excitement. All around. Um, lots of more NBA Oscar worthy drama. I uh, love thank it. You guys so much and it's not going to be easy. For joining us. It's not going to be easy. It won't me. be easy. You've got to say that. It won't be easy. <laughs> All right, Zena Kata, Kelsey, fun. Nicole Nelson, Kelsey Nelson, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Brother guys. from another Have Women's Wednesday. Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of the NBA day. Happy Wednesday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons. All handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.